I was dealing with a lady this week. Finally got to lead her to the Lord. And uh, the many questions that she had as I was trying to talk to her, and I got home and I got to study, um, and I, I named this message this morning, Faith in Jesus Christ alone solves all the problems God faces in saving our souls. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, I'm beginning, or chapter 2, I'm getting reading verse 1. I exhort, therefore, that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceful life in all godliness and honesty. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who will have all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God, one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. Pray with me, please. Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you will help us to understand what Jesus fully did for us on the cross as he saves our soul if we'll trust him. Bless us now, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. As I study this in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long suffering to us, not willing that any should perish, but it all should come to repentance. And what I'm trying to say here today, God has done all he can do to save our souls. But God faces problems. <clears throat> but Jesus and faith in him solves all the problems that we have when it comes to getting to the Lord Jesus Christ. First of all, the first problem God faces in getting us saved is our deprived nature. Jeremiah 17 verse 9 says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked, meaning every part of man's being has been tainted with sin. Isaiah 17 verse 9, For the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked, meaning every part of man's being has been tainted, and then he puts it in Isaiah 1 in verse 5 and 6, the whole head is sick and the whole heart faint. From the sole of the foot even unto the head there is no soundness in it, but wounds and bruises and putrefying sores. They have not been closed, neither bound up, neither modified with ornament. Now that's God's view of man's state of being. And man don't want to face up to that. And God faces the problem of the deprived nature of man. Now, in the book of Romans, chapter 3, verses 10 through 18, God makes 14 indictments against man. Number one, there's no righteousness, no not one. Number two, there's none that understand it. Number three, there's none that seeketh after God. Number four, they're all gone out of the way. Number five, they have together become unprofitable. Number six, there's none that doeth good, no, not one. Number seven, their throat is an open scepter. Number eight, with their tongues they have used deceit. Number nine, the passion, the pouring of asses under their lips. Number ten, whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Number eleven, their feet are swift to shed blood. Number twelve, destruction and misery in their ways. 
Number 13, the ways of peace have they not known. Number 14, there's no fear of God before their eyes. And then number, uh, if you go take what the, each one of these verses plainly teach us is that God faces a problem when it comes to getting man saved. Man is depraved. He's got a depraved nature. Now how can a holy God ever live with such a creature as this? Now, yet trust in Jesus Christ solves the problem of our deprived nature. John 3, verse 6. That which is born of flesh is flesh. That which is born of the Spirit is spirit. The new birth is the implantation of divine nature within the believer. 2 Peter 1, verse 4. Wherever are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature. God said He wants to give us a divine nature. The old depraved nature we had, He wants to replace it with a divine nature. When a person is born again, they receive the very nature of God. Now, how is this done? Turn over with me now to John uh, chapter 3 for just a minute. In John chapter 3, and I want to read, please, beginning in verse 14. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Now, so God's answer to this problem is the very moment a person trusts Christ, they are born again and receive the very nature of God. The second problem that God uh, faces when it comes to saving a soul is His own perfect holiness. God is so righteous and so holy that He cannot look on sin. Isaiah 6 verse 11 Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. Above it stood the seraphims, and one had six wings. With twain he covered his face, with twain he covered his feet, with twain he did fly. And one cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. Verses 1 through 3. So, God is very a, a, a holy being. And He covers a, a, these creatures that stand around the throne of God literally had to cover their eyes to keep a look at them on His holiness. If a person could be transferred into heaven without the new birth and without perfect righteousness, he still could not live in a presence of a true holy God. But faith in Christ Jesus solves this problem. How can a person be perfectly righteous? The answer is Jesus Christ. Hebrews 4 verse 15. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin. In 2 Corinthians 5 verse 21. For he that is God the Father, made Him, that is Jesus, to be sin for us, that is us sinners, who knew no sin, that is Jesus. Pilate could only say one thing when it comes to his accusers, accusing the Lord Jesus. 
I find no fault in Him. Jesus is a flawless one. He's a sinless one. He's the perfect one. He's the only righteous one. Jesus never once said, Father, forgive me, because He had nothing to forgive. In Romans 10, verses 3 and 4, are so precious and important. Listen, so many people today are going about trying to establish before God, the thrice holy God, their own righteousness. Yet God said plainly, Christ is the end of righteousness. But note to whom? To everyone that believeth. If you but trust your trust in Christ Jesus, then your righteousness is done away with, and Jesus is placed in its place. We have the righteousness of God. The third problem God faces in getting people saved is His own perfect justice. God is a just God, and a just God demands that sin be paid for. Romans 6.23, and many others say the same thing. The wages of sin is death. That's the payment of sin. Romans 3.23, for all of sin and come short of the glory of God, so that makes us all guilty. Now the penalty for sin is death. That is, the second death, the lake of fire. Romans 20, verse 14. I mean, Hebrew, Revelation 20, verse 14. And death and hell were cast in the lake of fire. This is the second death. What I'm talking about is, God cannot and will not overlook our sins. If He did, He would be thrown Himself as God. God's perfect justice must be satisfied. Perfect holiness cannot live with sin. Now, here's something you best never forget. God never forgives sin. God forgives a sinner, but his sin must be paid for. Now, I thank God for Isaiah 53, verse 6. And the Lord Jehovah God had laid on him, that is, Jesus, the iniquity of us all. Did you know what? When Jesus hung on that cross between heaven and earth, the sin, all the sin of the whole world was on the cross on Jesus' back in His body. Think about that just a minute. If you reject Jesus Christ as your Savior, your sins are still paid for. You'll go to hell without your sin, knowing that your sins are paid for. Isaiah 53, verse 6, the Lord Jehovah laid on him, then 1 Peter 2.24, who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree. Romans 8.32, he, that is God the Father, uh, that spared not his own son, that is Jesus, but delivered him up for us all, every one of us. Isaiah 53 verse 11, he shall see the travail of his soul and shall be satisfied. The only way God could satisfy His just demand for death to the sinner is to crucify His perfect Son in our stead. And only faith in Jesus satisfies God's demand for perfect justice. Listen to this. My sin, oh the bless of this glorious thought. My sin, not in part, but the whole. To nail to the cross and bury no more. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, O oh my soul. I had the joy of leading a lady to the Lord this week, and she said, Preacher, I want to be saved, but I just don't know if I can live it. I don't know if I can do everything perfect. It's what she was trying to tell me. I could look her straight in the face, and I could say, 
It don't work that way. It works. Jesus said He came into the world to die for you while you're in your sin. And when you, He died for us sinners. And we're all sinners. Amen? And she said, I truly want to be saved, but I don't know if I can be or not. And I said, alright, let's go through it through the Bible. Do you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? She said, yes, I do. you believe He loves you? Yes, I do. Do you believe He'll save you if you ask Him? She said, yes, sir, I do. And she said, I want to ask the Lord to save her. She did. Now, what I'm trying to say is, it is strange to you that God, people, sinners, want to put up roadblocks to God. And those roadblocks is, I'm too bad to be saved. Or, I haven't done anything that bad to be saved. God takes care of all these problems that He faces in getting us saved by the Lord Jesus Christ. God faces the problem of our guilt. Isaiah 53, verse 6. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. Ecclesiastes 7, 20. For there is not a just man upon the earth that doeth good and sinneth not. Romans 3.23 For all of sin comes short of glory of God. 1 John 1.10 If we say we have not sinned, we make Him a liar and His word is not in us. Now notice this please. God faces the problem of getting us saved first, our deprived nature. Second, God's own perfect righteousness. Thirdly, His own perfect justice. Fourth, our guilt. And everyone is guilty of sin. But I thank God Jesus solved this problem. 1 John chapter 2, verse 2 tells us there is no sin for which Jesus did not die from. I love this verse. Listen to it for just a second. In 1 John uh, chapter uh, 2 and uh, verse 2. And He is a perpetuation of our sins, not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. I love that verse. John, 1 John chapter 2, verse 2 tells us then, there is not one sin for which Jesus did not die from. Every sin that man can commit, Jesus died for that sin. Romans 5, verse 1. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Acts 13, verse 39. And by Him all that believe are justified from all things from which you could not be justified by the law of Moses. Every problem God faced in getting us saved was solved through the life, the death, and His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Everything His Son did for us is received by faith. Hebrews 12, verse 2 is one of the best illustrations. Listen to what it says. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Saving faith is looking unto Jesus, not at Jesus, which simply means depending upon the Lord Jesus Christ. I go to a doctor. He says, I know what to do to make you well. Look to me. What's he saying? Trust me. Depend on me. I can do it. Now, I tell people all the time, there's two people in this world that everybody better have faith in. Number one is your preacher. The other one is your doctor. 
If you don't like the preacher and he's not preaching right from the Word of God, find you another one. Amen? You better have faith in the preacher because in preaching the Word of God. Number two, you better have faith in your doctor. If my doctor gives me a, a bottle of pills for something that's wrong with me, I don't know what those pills are. I don't know if they'll take care of what I got or not. I got faith in her telling me what to take. Amen? It's the same thing when it comes to the Lord Jesus Christ. Faith means trust. And it means full trust. Trust Jesus with all your body, with all your soul, and with all your spirit, and He can save you. Jesus solved all the problems. Any problem you want to bring up. And brother, we're living in days that people have got the problems. Amen? And all kinds of problems. I thank God He solved every one of them. When Jesus died on the cross, He held His arms out in Revelation. He said, Come unto me and I'll no wise cast you out. That's to anybody. Amen? I love it. I love the Word of God. I love the invitation that Jesus gives to everybody. Come just as you are to Him. He solved all the problems. Stand with Him, please. But I've heard every excuse that a man can make, I think, for not coming to you. But they're only the devil's tricks. Because there's not an excuse in the world that will hold up in the judgment seat. Lord, you solved all those problems. The blood of Jesus Christ washes all our sins away. And all we have to do is put our faith in Him. All our troubles, all our worries, all our woes, You took care of. Help us to have faith and trust You every day. Bless us as Your people now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you would, please turn your songbook to page 2, 90.